This is episode number seven of the High Impact Leaders podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. This is episode number seven, and a couple of episodes ago, I covered seven ways to build team culture within your organization. On that episode, I talked about a four-step process to build a more powerful team within your organization. And on this on this session, uh, we're going to delve into step number two of that process. We covered step number one a couple of weeks ago. This will be step number two. It's about conflict resolution and really how to deal with difficult people. And by the way, the episode is brought to you by the Leaders Institute. So if you miss something on the podcast and want to access the podcast notes, just go to www.leadersinstitute.com, hit the magnifying glass in the header to open up a search bar. Just just type in the podcast name and the search console will take you to the specific podcast notes for that episode. So our topic today is seven turnkey conflict resolution strategies for your office. And just so you recall, this is part two of a four part series on leadership principles that can be used in an office environment. So a couple of weeks ago, we covered how to build trust and, and a team culture within your group. The focus of this session is on conflict resolution strategies. And, and really dealing with difficult people, too, for that matter. I mean, that, one of the things that that we kind of tell folks, especially when folks are coming through our classes or something like that, is that um, you know, most of the time, if we're going to be in conflicts with folks, it, it typically is in a conflict with somebody that might be a difficult person to deal with. That's where conflicts are most likely to come up. So these are also good strategies to deal with difficult people as well. So this list of items um, work work really well in an environment where teamwork is already present. So if you find that your team is experiencing a high level of conflict, you may want to back up to the building trust level a couple of weeks ago. Go, go back to that podcast. Focus on that first, and then these are going to work a whole lot better for you. So um, so the, the, the first thing that we're going to cover here is we're going to talk about the, the actual principles themselves. So these are leadership principles. When I say principle, these are things that, that work every single time. As long as you use these in a, in a way to where you're trying to build a relationship with somebody, a positive relationship with somebody, they, they work. And, and just so you know, conflicts are inevitable. But And you know, the more we know about human nature, the better we'll be at resolving these conflicts. So in addition, when when we understand human nature, we also have to have we also have a better chance of achieving a positive outcome for both parties after a conflict or during a conflict. So we know that different people have different priorities and different styles in dealing with others. But in general, though, human beings have certain characteristics that are very similar. These, sim these similarities are true across gender lines, racial lines, socioeconomic lines. Um, it's, it's basically part of being a, a human being. So, for instance, in general, the following statements are, are almost always true. People love to be agreed with. For the most part, if we agree with somebody, most people like that. Uh, in addition to that, though, people hate to be disagreed with. <laughs> so if you know people like to be agreed with and people hate to be disagreed with, if you understand that, it kind of changes the way that we deal with others when we have a conflict, when we're in a conflict. Um, we, we like other people who agree with us, right? So um, the so if we if we want to like if if people agree with us, we're gonna like them more. 
we dislike other people who disagree with us. <laughs> so if, um, uh, I mean, it's basically the, the, the same thing over and over again. People are, are pretty good at resolving conflicts um, if, you're, if you look for some point of agreement and then use good people skills to get the other side to see a different point of view. So if you kind of understand that about human nature, people you like people who agree with them. They dislike people who disagree with them. They, they like people who agree with us. And um, we dislike people who disagree with us. I mean, if you kind of understand that, it makes it a whole lot easier to understand how really good conflict principles or conflict resolution principles actually work. So again, like I mentioned a few seconds ago, um, those those statements are pretty much true no matter what your background, no matter what your experience, no matter what, what your race, your religion, your socioeconomic background. Those things are, are pretty much true if you're if you're a human being. So when we disagree with people, we're, we're likely to raise resentment. And as a result, it might be a good idea to strengthen it, strengthen our soft skills, our people skills when dealing with conflicts. If we find ourselves in a tense situation and we raise our voice guess what? The other party is likely to respond in kind. This will usually escalate the situation very, very quickly. And if you understand this human nature is it's one, it's the first and most important steps in, in anger management as well, or in, in, um, in conflict resolution or dealing with difficult people. So let's kind of cover the, the seven, I'm just going to give you an overview of the seven principles that we're going to cover on this session. And we'll go into a little bit more detail about each one of them. Um, so tip number one is you want to be proactive instead of reactive. So you want if you want to be good at resolving conflicts, don't wait for the conflict to happen. Have, 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 a, have a plan in place and you'll do better. Um, second principle is to be slow to anger, especially over petty issues. Anger is one of the major reasons why things get out of hand. Um, and the third principle is instead of telling people that they're wrong, find, out, find a way to point out a mistake indirectly. Let the person save face. Um, tip number four is you want to look for some type of common ground as soon as possible. So once you're in a conflict with somebody, if you can find something that you can agree on, you're, you're more likely to resolve the conflict in a, in a positive way. Um, and this, the next principle is one, one that we'll spend a little bit more time on because it's one that's the most challenging to do. If you find that you're in the wrong Admit it. You know, so if you're on the wrong side of the argument, don't try to hide it. Don't try to lay blame. Just admit it, and you're much more likely to come up with a, a positive resolution to the conflict. Um, this one, we're going to cover this next week in a lot more detail. But a, a good way to resolve a conflict is to admit one of your own poor decisions before pointing out a similar error to somebody else's made. I, I, it's just so. This is one of the most phenomenal conflict resolution principles that we're going to spend a little bit more time on it. And then the last one is once the conflict is over, you want to mend fences whenever possible. Now, the first three principles that I went over are ways to avoid conflict before the disagreement even occurs. Um, when you get to number four through through six, they help you resolve conflict. So once you're in the conflict, these are things that you can do to to mitigate the damage of the conflict or resolve it. And then finally, the last principle is there to make sure that the conflict doesn't return later on. So um, let's cover each point with in a little bit more detail. Let's let's go over principle number one, which is you want to be proactive versus reactive. Um, a good quote that references this is is by Lester Biddle. He said, good plans shape good decisions. That's why good planning helps to make elusive dreams come true. So basically if you plan well for potential conflicts that could happen when those conflicts do occur, you're going to 
be better at resolving them. So the most important conflict resolution strategy is to anticipate potential conflicts and then plan accordingly. So let's say, for instance, that a change is made within your organization or a new idea is floated to the team. Ask these questions. Who on the team is likely to disagree with this idea or is this idea going to cause disagreements? The answers to to those questions will allow you to not be blindsided by conflicts and in a staff meeting or something like that. Most often when the conflict comes out of the blue We'll often respond in anger, right? So remember that 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 we're human beings too. Um, so and, and you know, since since we're human beings, we also hate it when other people disagree w- with us. So if you haven't anticipated the disagreement, then you're going to have a propensity to overreact, and that leads us to principle number two, which is be slow to anger, especially over petty issues. Um, Old Chinese proverb says anger is always more harmful than the insult that it caused. And, and that, that really is true. I mean, at the heart of almost every disagreement is anger. So the worst part about anger entering the conversation is that the anger will often escalate the conflict. So one person, right or wrong, gets angry at the other person. And, and then not wanting to be outdone, <laughs> the second person gets angry as well. However, going back to human nature, when the second person responds in anger, the disagreement often escalates. So it makes it way more challenging. So I, I'll give you a good example. When, when I remember in, in elementary school, PE classes, but I was probably fourth, fifth grade, something like that. The coach had us compete in tug of war and. Uh, and there were an equal number of kids on each team. And most of us, you know, they tried to kind of split us up in, in kind of an equal way. And and I was pretty small at the time, though. So I'm, I'm a little bit bigger now, especially after years of eating fast food and stuff like that. But at the time, I was a tiny little kid. Um, but the uh, and, and so I was at the front of our line on the on the tug of war team. Um the, the, we had our biggest kid at the back. He was our anchor, right? Had it, had the, the rope tied around his waist. And when the coach said, go, we all started tugging. Our, our whole team slowly started moving forward, not backward like we hoped. I mean, we were, we were kind of losing. So eventually we kind of dug at our heels. We pulled harder and we stopped the other team's progress. And the other team slowly started moving our way. And then after a few seconds, the other team dug in their heels and they, and pulled even harder and pulled us toward them. I mean, this back and forth occurred over and over and over again. And every time one of the teams surged, it was more difficult to stop the surge. The effort that we used the last time was exponentially greater than the first. So that last time that we were digging in our heels, the effort that we had to use was so much greater than that very first time that we did it. And anger in a conflict works in a very similar way. As each side responds to the other, the anger increases. So um, so one of the best conflict resolution strategies is is to really be slow to anger. Um, just real quick, uh, this this next part's not going to be in your podcast notes, so um, it, it's something. It's kind of a little bonus here, but one of the things that is really important about about anger is that when people are angry, when they're when they're in a conflict and they're angry. They don't think very logically. So if somebody has responded in anger to something that you've done or something that you've said, there's a good chance that they're not going to listen to logic. So as a result, you're going to have to let them vent a little bit. You're going to have to let them get over that anger just a little bit until they're 
a, a little bit easier to deal with. And when they are now, you can start putting back in the logic. So don't try to persuade people while they're angry. It, it never works. Um, tip number three is instead of telling people that they're wrong, point out mistakes indirectly. And actually on the, the next podcast, and we're going to go into this one a little, in a little bit more detail as well, because sometimes folks will say, how the heck do you do that? Um, it, it, the main point here is that if you allow the other person to save face, then, then he or she will be more likely to accept the mistake. However, if you, if you point out that mistake directly, the other person will become defensive. And a good way to point out the mistakes indirectly, by the way, is just to ask questions. If the other person, um, if the, if, if the questions are asked in a cordial way, then the other person is likely to see the mistake without taking offense. Um, so it, it, it takes a little bit of practice, but we're going to go over that in a little bit more detail on, on the next podcast. So. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Um, so tip number four is you want to look for some type of common ground as soon as possible. Let's just say that you're in. So by the way, and this is this starts the conflict resolution principle. So those first three are things that you can do to keep from getting into an argument with somebody. So if you're proactive, if you're, you're slow to anger, those kind of things, then you're you're less likely to get or call call attention to people's mistakes indirectly. You're less likely to get into a disagreement. But let's just say you've done that and the person is still going to get in a conflict with you. Then these next few things are things that you can do to to mitigate the the severity of it and to resolve that conflict. Um, remember that, that people dislike others who disagree with them. So when you're in a conflict, look for some type of common ground as soon as possible. If you can find some agreement, then, um, you're much more likely, if you can agree on a, on, on a little thing, you're much more likely to find something bigger that the two parties can agree on as well. Um, the good mediators, by the way, use this technique quite often. So um, a lot of times if you go to professional mediation, those are attorneys or or ex-judges. Um, and a lot of times they'll try to use this technique to get parties to solve civil action or, or legal legal disputes, that kind of thing. And um, I, I, I was working with a, um, a, a law firm and one of the mediators was kind of telling me, that the technique that he uses is that um, when he if he really wants to um, get the to to resolve the conflict, really wants to work on getting these two people to communicate more effectively. One of the things that he will do is he'll put each one of the parties in a separate meeting room. They don't even get a chance to see each other. And um, the, the 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 mediator would go into a um, to each one of the rooms with a legal pad, and he just asked the parties to write out on the pad every possible thing that he or she would want from the dispute. The sky is the limit. You can ask for anything you want. Just put down anything that you that you want from this dispute. And after receiving both of the, the pads back from each one of the parties, the mediator just looks for anything, no matter how small, that's on both pads. Um, once the ice is broken, the parties are more likely to agree on additional items as well. He told me it doesn't work every single time, but it works in a, a lot more situations than you might expect, especially when you got two people that are really, really angry at each other. It's a good way to kind of break the ice and reduce that anger so that they start to think more logically. Uh, tip number five is if if you find that you're wrong, you want to admit it. Um, by the way, this is one of there's a, there's a quote for this one. It's 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 been attributed to a ton of different people. Um, the one that I have found that the, the famous person that said this is a guy named Dan Heist. I have no idea who Dan Heist is, but that's the earliest reference that I've found for this particular quote. Um, but he basically said it's easier to eat crow while it's still warm. 
And um, when a poor leader realizes that he or she is wrong, then the, the, typically what they try to do is just cover up the mistake. You know, good leaders, though, they know that to be successful, we will often be more wrong than we are right. <laughs> and so as a result, um, they, if since we know that we're, we're more likely to be wrong than we're right, if we find that we are wrong, we have to eat crow every once in a while. And, and a lot of times the disagreement will tend to disperse or, or go away a whole lot faster. Um, one of the things I like to tell my classes is that, do you realize that if you were right just 51% of the time, that you'd be like a multi-gazillionaire, right? The reason that I'm successful, like, at least I feel like I'm pretty successful financially um, and, and more successful than a lot of people that are that kind of do what I do, is that I've just made more mistakes than anybody else. Um, I, I, when I try something, if it, if it doesn't work, I go out and I try something else. Once I make a mistake, now I know what not to do. And I think some of the most successful people, especially in the business world, kind of figure that, figure things out that way. Um, it, it, the neat thing about it is that once you um, kind of realize that concept is that people become better leaders by making mistakes and learning from it, then it's a whole lot easier to, to, you know, when you do find yourself that if that you've made a mistake, it's a whole lot easier to admit it because, Hey, okay, now I'm just, I'm just getting closer to that, that correct decision now. So you'd be amazed at how often a disagreement can be ended quickly by just apologizing to the person who was wrong. <laughs> and it's really hard to keep fighting with someone when they just admitted that you were right and he was wrong. Right. So, I mean that, that, that he was right and you were wrong. Right. Um, it's a uh, it's uh, it's very hard for somebody to kind of keep fighting with you anyway. Uh, tip number six is that you want to admit one of your own poor decisions before pointing out a similar error that somebody else has made. Um, this is one that we'll spend quite a bit of time on on the next podcast. It's just such a valuable thing um, to to use as a valuable technique. Um This tip, it's a really a great way to call attention to a mistake indirectly. Before you point out a mistake, you basically give the person an example of a time that you made a mistake. So I'll give you an example of this. My my dad was excellent at using this technique, and and I didn't realize how often he used it until I started actually teaching the technique. So he was he was a master at this. So when I was when I was uh, maybe six years old, I guess, I went into my dad's bedroom and stole a dollar from him. Now there was a store at the end of the road that had candy and soft drinks, and and I figured that that I could run down the store, get some treats for myself and my little brother. And of course, my dad caught me and I was terrified because I knew that I had disappointed him. But dad, interestingly, he sat me down on his bed and he told me about a time when he was in the army. He said that he and his buddy had a weekend pass to go into town and the base allowed the soldiers to use the the base jeeps to, to travel off base as long as they return the, the jeep with a full tank of gas. But however, since my dad's buddy worked at the motor pool, they decided to fill up the tank when they return and as they were topping off the tank, the military police pulled up and asked them what they were doing. Of course, my dad told me that they took him into custody for stealing from the U S government. And he said that if he hadn't had an understanding commanding officer, he could have been put, put away in a federal prison for up to 20 years. Uh, So I got the point. I mean, he basically him uh, him telling me that story was more terrifying to me and and more memorable than uh, any type of punishment that he could have gave me anyway. So so those stories of sometime that you made a mistake, let people save face, let them come to the conclusion on their own that that um, they've made a mistake and they're more likely to make a behavior change if you do that. 
So the last one that we're going to cover today is to mend fences whenever possible. So, so the first three principles are designed to keep us from getting into conflicts. The next three principles are designed to get us out of those conflicts. This one is designed to help us make sure that the conflict doesn't come back and bite us in the rear. Um, so you have to mend fences. Um, once the conflict is over, you, you want to mend fences with that other person. Um, now, just so you know, some people get over conflicts very, very quickly, and others tend to hold on to anger for long periods of time. Now, neither of these groups is correct or incorrect. They're just different. So the important thing to remember is that the other person that you're in a disagreement with or just got out of a disagreement with may deal with those disagreements differently than you do. So you don't want to necessarily hold that against them. So the 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 best way to come out of these situation is in a, in a positive way is to go back and begin that, that building the trust level again, just like what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, start using those principles with, with the, the person on a consistent basis. So you build up that trust level and it will help you kind of mend those fences. So if you think that these strategies would be helpful for your team, um, then um, then taking one of our leadership classes might be a good fit for you. So if you are interested in attending one of our classes, just go to leadersinstitute.com, go to the services uh, icon and and look for our upcoming leadership classes. We got them coming up in in just a few locations uh, at present time. We're we're going to do uh, one in the in the middle of the country in, the, in our Dallas office. We're going to do one in on the uh, East Coast and then one on the West Coast. And, um, and, and once we kind of get to the point where we have a consistent flow of people in each one of those classes, we'll start to expand them into, into other cities as well. So if you are interested in attending one of our classes, make sure to go to leadersinstitute.com and look us up. We'll see you next week on the High Impact Leaders podcast. Thanks. Thanks.